Hey guys, this is Ryan Carter from the BCM, and I want to welcome you to the podcast Letters to Tuscaloosa. Today, we discuss a topic in our series, Questions and Conversations. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is BK, and today we're discussing the topic, What Does the Bible Say About Identity? Our special guest for today is Aaron, a local pastor at Anchor Church here in Tuscaloosa. So, Aaron, what does the Bible say about identity? Identity. Our purpose for living, the characteristics that make us unique, those things that set us apart from everyone else. Where does a person's identity come from? How does a person get one? Or maybe are we born with it? Can it change over time? I want to talk to you for a few minutes about identity and the origin of identity. There's a couple places that people tend to look when discussing this topic of identity. They first look within themselves or possibly receiving it from their close friendships, family members. If this is the case, we'll find it difficult to be in constant uh, rhythm in who we are depending upon the stability of our emotions in that season. If our emotions are not in check, then we will be attempting to redefine ourselves every so often only to keep up. Uh, with our current uh, changing likes and dislikes. We will be in a constant state of transition from one person to the next, depending upon the stability of our relationships. It'll be difficult to be truly us when we change with every new friendship we make. This can be seen as something as simple as the music we listen to or the major we choose in college. It can also be something as close to who we are as our personal identity, as close as our sexuality. Whether it's something as simple as genre of music or something a bit more complex like who we date, those things can change based upon a number of external factors, such as our surroundings, close relationships with family or friends, or even what's the next hot topic thing in our culture. This approach seems exhausting and a never-ending battle. We need something stable, something constant, if we're going to gain an identity from within or outside of ourselves. It could possibly uh, come from what we do, people say. It's, you are what you do. Whether we accept our identity from our occupation or season of life is going to depend upon whether or not we succeed in that vocation or that degree plan. If we're not successful or maybe as successful as we feel we should be, then we're going to struggle with who we are as a person because our identity is wrapped up within what we do. It's closely aligned with our progress in life. If we do well in life, we're being true to ourselves. If we struggle in life, then we must not be living in line with who we truly are, or so the saying goes. It's also said, because being true to oneself is of highest regard, and by living that way, we shouldn't encounter struggle. Unfortunately, that's not really true. If we're defined by what we do, then we could possibly be reinventing ourselves every few years, and this too just seems exhausting and a never-ending battle. I want to offer you a third option. God is the one who defines us. In Genesis 1, 27, 28, the Bible says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You see, with God being the creator, it makes sense that he would be the one to give us our identity, that he would be the one to give us our purpose for being. Much like a person who invents something, he is the one or she is the one that defines the purpose or as an author decides the meaning of a work of art, a book or a poem. 
So God decides our purpose. You see, when he created us, he gave us the task of managing his creation. In keeping with the created order, humans were given the opportunity to work in the garden and cause it to flourish. Everything was great. And really the only time we see an issue with this picture is only after humanity eats the fruit they're told not to. They sin, which causes a rift in the story. Then we begin to see a rebellion against the Creator, a pushback against what was intended. So now all throughout biblical history, we see how individuals have fought to regain control of what's been lost. They attempt to create a name for themselves, and in effect, they work hard to regain that coveted relationship with their Creator. And they, by that, I'm honestly, I mean, I'm talking about us as well, we really have lost our identity. We have forgotten why we are here and what it is we are supposed to be doing. We get so wrapped up in politics and music and all of these other great things that we've forgotten the greater thing. In the Bible, specifically the New Testament, we're told over and over again that if we're going to understand why we are here, we need to be born again. We need God to show us who we are created to be. Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3 that if he wants to receive eternal life, it's only through acknowledging that Jesus is God's Son and that He's the only way. By living according to rules and regulations and by attempting to be someone different, even if it's a, quote, new and improved uh, version, unquote, we miss the point of why we are here. Just like in Genesis, when God gave humanity the task of managing His creation and glorifying God, so we also are called to that same task. Our identity is to glorify God in our lives, through our relationships, in our work, managing God's creation for the good of all around, to God's glory. The problem with this is we cannot do this unless we've been born again. We need God to restore that relationship so that we can live out our purpose. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the author says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, who's born again, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That means that once we are born again, we've been redeemed. We follow Christ. We can now walk in the way that pleases God. This is not only good news for us, but good news for others as well. As Christ's followers, just as God has changed us, we are now given the opportunity, or the command rather, of sharing this truth with others. That passage continues to say, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through his son Jesus Christ. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we might be made right with God through Christ. See, the truth is, we will not find our identity, our purpose for living, by looking within ourselves, nor can we receive that from our jobs, family, or friends. Our identity is given to us by the only one who has the authority and ability to do so. That is God himself. Do you want to know why you're here? Look to God. Only in and through him can we find who we're truly meant to be. That'll do it for this episode of Letters to Tuscaloosa. For more information about the BCM, visit our website at uabcm.com. For everyone at the BCM, I'm Ryan Carter.